0: Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we help women who have lost children to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I am your host, Julie Clough, life coach and certified grief recovery specialist. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 22 The Snare of Negativity. I am recording this early in the morning. I have a trip coming up and I woke up this morning. And I just had all these thoughts about this particular subject. And so I thought, might as well just jump on and record it. And then it'll be ready for you in a couple of weeks. But, um, unfortunately, early in the morning, sometimes my voice fails me. So I've been warming it up and drinking lots of water and in hopes that I can share this message with you and, and you can stand to listen to me. Have you ever had that experience? I, you know, even lately, I will get up early in the morning and I'll, I will have talked to my husband and, you know, drink some water and so forth. And then it might be nine or 10 o'clock and I go to call somebody and my voice isn't there. So it's really frustrating. And you, you feel like, yeah, I know it's 10 or 11 o'clock or even noon. And for whatever reason, my voice isn't showing up, but I swear I didn't just get up and that's okay. If I did just get up, that would be totally cool too. Yesterday, I had the amazing opportunity to talk to a church leadership um, in an interview about supporting grievers in their congregations. And it was a unique opportunity to, for me because I rarely speak directly to people You know, directly to people of faith or to the church itself. I was, I was grateful for that chance and to do that in a more direct way. So also I found myself telling more of my story, which generally I share my story, but I focus more on principles or things I've learned. And I'm not sure why it was important in that setting to speak to my personal story, but maybe that's what they needed to hear. And, and as always, What, what is, is what was supposed to have happened. So it was a great opportunity and I appreciated that moment, that opportunity to do that. Last week, I gave two current examples of how our thoughts can lead us astray. And I don't know if you remember, but at the end, towards the end of the episode, I talked about, you know, being on a text mess, message thread with some friends and, and not really seeing much response and how easy it is for our thoughts to go to, oh, they just don't even care about me or nobody really likes me or whatever. I mean, it's easy for us to just kind of jump into these negative thoughts. And I also shared about posting in a Facebook group that I belong to and and also kind of thinking, well, why aren't people responding to my message? I see them responding to other messages. And And especially the, the leaders of the group. And the funny thing is, is that right after I recorded that episode and I talked about how I could, I can change my thoughts. I can choose not to think in that way because it's totally available to me. The, the situation does not determine how I feel about something. My thinking does. So I can choose to think of course they love me. Of course they, they want to include me. And I can choose to think on that Facebook thread, of course they love me. It's just the timing or they just didn't see it. And so interestingly, right after I recorded, people started responding in both of those places. And I thought it was so great because here's the thing. It didn't matter. I didn't need the circumstance. I didn't need the situation to change to feel better. And neither do you. We get to choose. I actually found out in the Facebook group that one of the reasons that the leader of that group hadn't responded was she was sick. So interesting. Look at how quickly we can kind of turn things into a negative situation when in reality it's, it's not negative at all. It just really doesn't matter. Our thinking is what determines our feelings. So we can take a situation like a text message thread or a Facebook post, and we can think one way or we can think another. Which one is going to serve us? Speaking of that, let's talk about negativity. Doesn't that sound super fun? (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about today. First, when I share things, when I say we, I'm talking about the collective we. When I say you, again, I'm talking about the collective you, which includes me and anyone else who relates to, to what I'm saying. So grief and pain, grief and pain of loss can definitely make us feel that everything has gone wrong. It's the nature of the beast. We've experienced this tremendous loss, this heartbreaking loss, And immediately the rose colored glasses come off, right? Immediately our world goes dark. And where we once noticed the beauty of the birds and the trees, now we walk past and hardly even notice. And if we do, it's that the birds are too loud or the trees are making a mess in our yard. So it just kind of turns everything into uh, a negative. And living in our world that we live in, comparison is Everywhere. The Oscars just happened a couple of nights ago and I actually didn't watch, but what happens after the Oscars or even during the Oscars? We have all of these commentators and we hit, we see the who wore it best, who wore it better in the magazines and on the, the TV magazine episodes. We become so accustomed to seeing the beautiful and the enhanced images of ads and shows, TV shows, movies, that we don't recognize that we come desensitized to the beauty of the people around us. And we're picking apart people that we're seeing on the screen. And we live in a world that condones the comparison and judgment, condones comparison and judgment. It loves it. It thrives on it. This is news. This is what we talk about. It's so interesting. And how many people in the spotlight, even over the last six months, have been vilified for an act or acts that doesn't really reflect the whole of who they are. We're super quick to say that's not right and reject the whole person. And this can trickle into our daily life. Honestly, if we're not careful, it becomes a flood. And just, you know, I think about watching shows, and especially so much reality shows on now, and for whatever reason, because people are on the screen, we feel justified in commenting on the way they look, or the way they talk, or the way they dress. And then we become so accustomed to doing that, that then when we are out in our day-to-day, we are just super quick to judge. We're super quick to notice what people are wearing or how they're acting or the way they're talking or the things that they say. And we take snapshots and and we look at a particular thing that someone said, and all of a sudden it becomes news. It becomes our news. We become the reporter. We become the commentator and we go, and we talk to our friends and we say, oh, can you believe that so-and-so said this or did this? And, you know, that's just not right. And frankly, I would hate for the things that I see and do to be picked apart, to be taken out of context, to be judged in that manner, because we're all different. We all have different ideas. And we can, when we hear people say or do things, we can say that might be great for them. It's not necessarily what I want, but that doesn't make it bad or wrong. It just makes it different. Again, I just think that this kind of talk and activity and the things that we see happening trickles into our daily life. And becomes really becomes a flood because then we do it not only to other people, but we do it to ourselves. We pick apart everything that we say and do. How, how many times have you been somewhere and you are in a group of friends and somebody says something and you respond and later you're just like, Oh my gosh, why did I say that? Like I, I don't even know what I was thinking you know, this becomes especially apparent when we're with other grievers, when we're with other people who have experienced loss. I don't know about you, but after the kids died, when someone experienced a loss, similar, a similar loss, a lot of times their friends and family would reach out to me and say, can you talk to this person? Um, can you, can you help us know what to say and do? And for me, the reality is there is nothing to be said. There are things to be done, but there's not necessarily things to be said. I think the thing that we can say, and I find myself in this situation all the time where, you know, I go to a funeral or I go to visit someone who's experienced a loss. And for me, it's I'm sorry and there's nothing I can say. Honestly, there's nothing we can say or do that's going to make that person feel better in that moment. But then we engage in conversation and we might find ourselves com- commenting on something or saying something and later thinking uh, second-guessing ourselves. I really feel that we need to be patient with ourselves, we need to be patient with others and we just need to have good intent. We need to just feel love, feel love and caring for the people around us. And I think that message will come across louder and clearer than anything we say. A loss, grief, it's emotional. It's not intellectual. So the things that we say in hopes of making people feel better actually doesn't help because they're not in a place, as you recall, they're not in a place to feel better. They're in a place of, of mourning. They're in a place of not only feeling their loss and their pain, but needing to feel that loss and that pain. Needing to go through the experience of feeling the pain so that they can move that pain through them so that it doesn't get stuck in their In their psyche, in their body, however you want to say that. Let me just give you a couple of examples of how this negativity can trickle down into our daily life. Say someone is at work and says something that we deem wrong and we start the crusade against them. Have you been there where somebody said something and you were just like, that was so insensitive, that was so rude? And can you believe he said that? And who, who does he think he is? And all of a sudden we're talking to everybody and we're, we're fanning the flames. We're fanning the flames of negativity instead of accepting people for where they are and what they think and being respectful of their thoughts and their feelings. No matter how much it differs from our own, or we see some kid playing outside without a coat in 35 degree weather. And we think, what mother would allow their child out in this weather without his coat? And we go and we talk to the neighbors and we say, can you believe that so-and-so was out there in the cold without a coat? But the reality is we don't know the circumstances. I have grandkids that could run around in 35 degree weather in a tank top, for heaven's sakes. I don't get it, but they're very warm natured. And, you know, their mother may have sent them out the door with a coat, and it's sitting in the side yard now. But pretty soon, we become the police of the world. We notice everything that's wrong, and we're determined to fix it by pointing it out or talking about it to others. But what are we really fixing? Nothing. We're doing more damage to ourselves than we're fixing anything. We're Let's be totally honest. We're not fixing anything. All we're doing is creating damage in ourselves by creating an atmosphere and a culture of negativity. Because how is this making us feel when we do these things? How is it making us feel? It's making us feel increasingly negative. I don't think I paid much attention to this until a couple of years ago. I mean, I guess I was aware of it because there's a lot of you know, the Zig Ziglar's of the world talk about positivity. And frankly, I just kind of never got it. I like, I just didn't understand. And I just kind of thought, you know, back to my realism, (laughs) I kind of thought that positivity and positive thinking was just a fad and it was just surfacy and all those things. But I've come to realize that there is that there's negativity that we can root out of ourselves, that it is for our own benefit to pay attention to these little things, the little negativity things that pop up, because that's what's going to ultimately increase our capacity for positivity. And I know it's not easy, depending on where you are in your grief journey, I know this isn't easy. And so I just want you to Totally be patient with yourself. I want you to ask good questions. So instead of saying to your, you know, you notice, let's say the next day you're like, Oh, I can't believe I said that. Or I can't believe I felt that way about a person. Instead of saying to yourself, Why am I? Why am I so negative? What's wrong with me? Those questions just bring up more of the same and they bring up more of those negative feelings in us. But when we ask questions from a curiosity, like, how could I have looked at that better or differently? I kind of like that better. How could I have looked at that differently? How might I still find a way to love that person despite disagreeing with them? And do it from a place of patience and learning and not a place of condemnation for ourselves. But like I was saying a couple of years ago, it really came to my attention in a more profound way. It seems that the books I was reading, the people and uh, that I was talking to, the podcasts that I was listening to, were all pointing this out to me. And I started to take notice. And I realized they were right. Nowhere is this more obvious than negativity towards ourselves. And so when our vision of our world becomes negative, we turn that towards ourselves as well. And it's so easy to be negative with ourselves that it's easy to just let it be and just think that this is the way it is and that it can't change. I heard a quote recently from Henry Iring that said, most people carrying heavy loads begin to doubt themselves and their own worth. And this is the thing, that's the end of the quote, by the way, <laughs> but this is the thing that we really have to be aware of and protect ourselves against and not necessarily expect the circumstances, the situations around us to change in a way that we can feel better about ourselves. We have the ability to provide that worth for ourselves, to see that worth for ourselves. And if you want more information about that, I would go back to the, the podcast that I just recently did on self-worth. It's, this is so important. I mean, I just cannot even, and it's the reason why it comes up so often for me is because this is so important. And it's a, it's a concept that I did not understand for a long time. And it's the thing that has changed my life is recognizing that I can have self-worth. I can feel my own worth regardless of what's going on around me. And that's the thing that has truly changed everything for me. And that's why I offer it to you so often. But all the comparison and the negativity in the world is what we're up against. And it's not an easy thing to uproot because it is so pervasive. It's pervasive in our culture and it's pervasive in our thoughts. So what can we do? Let's talk about what we can do about it. The first thing that happened, the first thing I think that we can do is we can start asking ourselves to notice things that we can compliment compliments that we can give instead of watching the Oscars and saying, that's the most hideous dress. I mean, that's just our opinion, right? Instead of saying that we look at the person and we find something that we can compliment. She has a lovely voice. She has a beautiful presence. I love her hair That's, that's a place that we can start. Second, we can notice, notice when you're watching the Oscars with your friends, when you say, that's an ugly dress or she looks hideous or what was he thinking when he showed up with that haircut? We just notice it. We've already said it, but we just start to notice. And sooner or later, we notice it as soon as it comes out of our mouth. As soon as we say it, we're like, um, I, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> and then the next thing that happens is we start to notice mid-sentence. I, ho- I hope you're noticing that this is not an overnight solution. This is a, an effort that we make. So we start noticing it mid-sentence. In the middle of giving a criticism, we notice. The next thing that happens is that we notice it when it's just a thought and before we've said it this is a beautiful place to be. It's great when we can hear the thought come up in our head and recognize right away, this isn't useful. I don't need to verbalize it. After that, we notice the thought and then we look for the good. So like I said at the beginning, we want to be seeking compliments. And so when a negative thought comes up, we can we can acknowledge that thought, but then we can look for the good and verbalize the good. And pretty soon our focus becomes on the good. This is a continuous effort. It's a continuous effort to notice and change our negativity. And when we do it in these kind of, in these ways, like watching the Oscars, we look at it, and we go, it's not a big deal, right? We, we, we feel, and I have felt that I had every right to comment. On whether I like something or I don't like something or whether I think something is ugly or whether I think something is beautiful. I felt like I had every right. But the reality is it wasn't doing anything for me. It was not helping me. It was, it was reinforcing the need to compare, the need to express my negative thoughts. So my offer to you is that any effort to making this change is worth it. It's totally worth it because when we start offering love and compliments and generosity to the people around us, we start offering that to ourselves. And when we start offering that to ourselves, we are in so much better position to offer that to others. And it becomes a state of being. Our thoughts, our feelings, and it becomes a state of being. And we can be in a state of love and acceptance. So that's my offer to you today. Also, have you liked and followed the Facebook page, Build a Life After Loss? That's where we continue this conversation. Join us today. And while you're there, I would love it. I would love it if you gave us a recommendation. At the top of the page, when you get to the page, Build a Life After Loss on Facebook, you will see a question that says, do you recommend Build a Life After Loss? click yes. Well, hopefully you'll click yes if you're listening to this or no. It's totally your decision. And then you have an opportunity to write a review if you choose to. No matter what, just know I love you all and I believe in you. Have a wonderful week.